0: Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Let's talk about the church a bit more this morning. How how do we have unity? I think I mentioned that at the end of last week's message. And the New Testament church, from what I can tell, and I'm sure from what you can tell in the book of Acts, is built through evangelism. You're not going to have a growing church if you don't have evangelism. It might grow in numbers. you might grow in organization, but you wouldn't be building you wouldn't be growing a church. It's done through evangelism. Uh, after that, then it is it continues to grow spiritually through discipleship. That happens through a variety of different ways. Right now, we're being discipled through the Word of God. Um, that could play out. Children being discipled through the Word of God. That could play out in individuals in the body, getting together, and discipling one another. That plays out in many different ways. Evangelism, discipleship, uh, Fellowship. We get together and there isn't any other agenda except we just love each other and we want to be together. There's nothing uh, else uh, to that. And you could say that when we go out and evangelize, that's, you know, we are fellowshipping. Um, but we've got evangelism, we got discipleship, we've got fellowship. We have prayer, uh, both group, corporately, and then individually, and then fasting. And that could be corporately. We may say as a church, look, we're going to fast over the next week. Uh, or it And or um, it can be individuals within the body fast on their own. It's not a corporate thing where we're all coming together. It's a personal thing. Those are really the, the, the primary function of what should be happening in a New Testament church. And in the book of Galatians, if we can turn there, the unity of the spirit comes around those things we just mentioned. People say, I want unity. Well, what is the unity around? So let's get some help on that. In Galatians chapter number one. Notice that the Bible says, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And to all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. Galatians chapter, the the book of Galatians starts off with the the declaration that the entire body, the entire church is held accountable. And I say that because our church has to get that, that concept. Look at verse number six. It says, I marvel that he Are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Now, I'm speculating here, but I'm going to gather that there were probably some in that Galatian church individually that weren't removed. There were probably some that got it. But when Galatians starts off, the entire church is grouped in and held accountable as one unit together. Uh, Look at verse number 10. It says, for I do now persuade men, or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be, watch it, the servant of Christ. Paul is trying to get the church to understand the Holy Spirit's inspiration. That the entire body is accountable. And he closes in verse 10 by saying very simply. It's not about pleasing men. I'm not about pleasing men. Our church shouldn't be about pleasing men. It It should be about serving. All of us have a place to serve. I don't know where I can serve or where I should serve. What do I do? Pray about it, ask about it, talk to a brother and sister in Christ about it, talk to the preacher about it, try to find a place to serve. Serving brings about unity around Christ for ultimately serving Him. Ephesians chapter uh, number four, let's go there. Ephesians chapter four. Verse number 15, the Bible says, but speaking the truth, Ephesians 4, verse 15, the truth in love, speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Yet one head, from whom the whole body uh, fitly joined together, And compacted by that which every joint supplyeth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. What is being edified? The body. Who is the head? Jesus Christ. All of us, are we members of the body of Christ? We only live and function in unity based upon one principle we are connected to the head a body doesn't live if it doesn't have a head if there isn't a connection to the head jesus christ then it's going to you're going to have a body that's going to die if we are attached to the head properly then the body is naturally drawn closer together. You can apply that to a physical body as well as a spiritual body. Why are churches dying spiritually? Death doesn't always mean small in number. It could, but it's not always that way. There are a lot of buildings that are filled with a lot of people that are, the building is spiritually dead. So it's not always death is associated with numbers, but is there, is there spiritual growth? There is only spiritual growth if we are connected, and we get that principle, Jesus Christ as the head. What does that mean? It means I'm not the man of God and I'm not the little man of God. It means I am a sheep just like you are a sheep. I don't take the place of Christ. No teacher behind this pulpit takes the place of Christ. No pastor takes the place of Jesus Christ. I don't force. I don't make. It's not my place. And Christ is a perfect gentleman. He doesn't make anybody do it. My job as a preacher Is to do one thing. One main thing. Preach the word. Stay and see. Preach the word. Look at verse number 17. In Ephesians chapter number 4. It says this I say therefore. And testify in the Lord. That ye henceforth. Walk not. As other Gentiles walk. How well? How do they walk in the vanity of their mind? You know what this verse is talking about. The I'm more spiritual than you mentality. The my family's more spiritual than you. The well, if I can't have my way, then nobody's having way mentality. A spirit of competition always breathe to vanish. a spirit of competition has to have someone on first place that gets the preeminence which by default that spirit that attitude that thinking by default takes christ away as the head takes christ away as the preeminence. now we know doctrinally that can't happen he is the head he has the preeminence The gates of hell will not prevail against this church. But us people, we need to get a hold of this so that our hearts aren't drawn away into the vanity of our own mind. Go back to Zechariah. I want to look at chapter 13. Zechariah. Zechariah chapter number. 13, and let's go down to verse number seven, Zechariah chapter 13, verse number seven. It says, awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts, um, this is the Lord's, the man that is my fellow. We have the Lord's divine nature, and we have the Lord's human nature. Uh, he says, uh, okay, so we have the Lord of hosts. We get that, and he says, that is my fellow. Who's that? That's his equal. Who's his equal? Jesus Christ. That's what it's pointing to. My fellow, my equal. You have a, You have the Lord's divine nature and human nature seen in this verse, and it sets the stage now for the rest of the verse. For his third character which says smite the shepherd christ is the shepherd he watches he provides he guides his divine nature his human nature his character is shown as a shepherd the bible says well who's your shepherd god's your shepherd the lord is my shepherd that is psalm 23 right I shall not want, you don't want me. I am not the good shepherd. You don't want any pastor. You don't want any Sunday school teacher. You don't want any man to be your shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd. Hebrews 13 is called the great shepherd of the sheep. And guess what? It's not through my blood. It's not through any pastor's blood. It's through his blood, Hebrews 13, that the everlasting covenant is established through his blood. First Peter five, he's referred to as the chief shepherd. I don't have that office. Been taken. No pastor or preacher has that office. It's been taken. It's the old. Zechariah 13, a great prophetic verse. Uh, The sheep shall be scattered. In John chapter 10, uh, why don't we turn there? Uh, Well, for the sake of time, why don't we uh, not turn? Let's turn. Let's turn. turn, John chapter 10. We might as well flip through a Bible. Uh, Okay, here it is. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. Look at verse number 16, and other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice. We don't bring them, the Lord brings them. And it ends with this, and there shall be one fold. And we are all part of that fold, pastors included. One fold and one shepherd. If Jesus said there is only one shepherd, what would that not make me? A shepherd. There's one shepherd. We are all sheep in his one fold. We can have a part of under shepherding, but there's only one shepherd. And that's what Jesus said in John chapter number 10. He laid down his life. For the sheep. You know why nobody else can be the shepherd? Because nobody else can lay their life down for the sheep. Isaiah 40, there's a prophetic verse that says, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd, and he shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom. That's the Lord. Christ is God's shepherd, and we should commit our lives him and we should commit to be being fed by him and his word that's the idea that's the idea there in Zechariah 13 uh, look what else it says in Zechariah 13 verse 7 it says in the beginning awake O sword against my shepherd now when you think of a a sword don't you think of the Whoever is the leader has the sword as a form of authority where the guilty are now slain by it. If you're guilty, not our Lord, he's the head. He's the authority. He's going to rule as king. Yet him is not guilty as innocent. He's the one that gets smitten that's a servant's heart isaiah 53 it pleased the lord to bruise him why he was innocent (laughs) because we were all guilty because we were all guilty and notice the first word in that verse (laughs) Awake! i'm telling you that sword sleeping we want to keep it asleep you do not want god's sword awaking on you (laughs) so you know who you, you know who it came awake on his son And when he comes back, he's going to judge. Oh, that sword's going to come awake. Aren't you glad it pleased the Lord to bruise him so that his sword didn't come awake on you? Hallelujah. Beautiful passage of scripture. But also it says here in verse number seven of Zechariah 13, in the middle, smite the shepherd and the sheep Shall be scattered. You have a dispersion of the flock when the leader is taken away. Why are families culturally in disarray? The father who's supposed to be the leader of the home is removed. How do you scatter the family? How do you disperse the family? How do you destroy the family? Move the father out of his leadership. Family scattered. Kids are scattered. We need families with strong fathers slash father figures slash male authority that can bring some stability and servant leadership into their life. That's what the spirit of adoption is all about. I'm talking about physical adoption now uh, here down on the earth. That's a father that says, you know what? I'm going to step up because a kid needs somebody to step up. He needs strong leadership. In Zechariah 13, that was a prophetic fulfillment. Go to Matthew 26. Let's look at it. Matthew 26. Matthew 26, verse 56. Matthew 26, verse 56. But all this was done that the scriptures and the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. They took the leader out, the nation, put him on the cross. Guess what the disciples did? Exactly what Zechariah 13.7 said they would do. When you have scattering, when you have division, that equates to weakness because there is no unity around who the head is, who the leader is. Who's our head? Jesus Christ. If we as members of that body don't connect to that head, there's going to be by default scattering, disunity, Weakness as a body. You're just weaker. You don't have a head. You're weak. We have a head, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stay connected to him. Let's share our unity around him. I think I mentioned this last week. We notice through the years, of um, been in business a long time, over 25 years. and We've noticed that in bigger groups, people show up, and and this is great. There's a buzz here. There's people here. There's a sense of happiness. There's a sense of hey, this is working. There's a sense of man, oh, I get to see my friends. There's a lot of emotions that run with that. Smaller groups, for some reason, that same punch isn't there i remember starting business i was 23 years old and nobody was there <laughs> nobody and finally you know there's a, a shopping center a big shopping uh grocery store in the shopping center where we were running and you know i i'm working from you know eight in the morning till four at night by four thirty, i get to the academy the little storefront i'm running and I'm there till nine o'clock, and I did that. I did those hours for a year before we had enough students where okay, I could afford to get rid of the day job. <laughs> so I'm sitting there after working a long day, and there's nobody showing up. Finally, finally, out of the grocery store, somebody, a mom came. She's got two kids, and she's got a grocery uh, a shopping cart full of grocery bags. I'm 23. I'm excited. Oh, someone's going to, she pulls in, kids are fussing, groceries are all over the place. And she says, um, can we use the bathroom? <laughs> and that's all was. So I said, sure. Yeah, sure. Just go ahead. Right, right across the, right across the floor there. Bathrooms are in the back. And she took her kid, couldn't get her kid there quick enough. Peed all over the floor and running down his leg. So we cleaned it up and man. And you just, Lord, you're going to send somebody. And you patiently wait, go through the motions. Lord, starts sending. And when he does, the spirit starts changing. People start connecting. And the spirit of that thing. Unity is so important. Because we don't want to start placing each other in in an antagonistic way. And in small groups, that's easy. That's easy to happen. Assumptions, jealousies, envyings, excuses start to run rampant. Now, I am certainly not saying that you get rid of that with bigger groups simply trying to draw out the contrast of the spirit between you you just see a a marked difference between something that's got a lot of people and something that has smaller. How many of you have ever been in a big church? I have. I have. We are in a small church by number. Okay. And I can tell you, it just functions different. I didn't say one function's biblical and one function's unbiblical. I didn't say one function's right one function's wrong. It, there, it, it just functions different. We have to own that. We have to recognize that. We have to commit to being united around what God says we should be united around. Uh, Zechariah 13, uh, point out uh, just another thought or two here. Verse number 7. It says at the end of the verse, and I will turn mine hand. I can't, no other pastor can, no other man turn their hand and present to you the wounds needed for evidence to claim ownership of his church. That's one man, the Lord Jesus Christ. He can do that. Christ died for you, and his wounds validate his ownership of you and of me and of his church. It's his flock. He can lay claim to his flock. Never look at any man, always look at Christ. He bore our sins on Calvary's tree. One man, man Christ. And it ends with the two words here, little. That's us. Feeble, helpless, little sheep. Who need a chief shepherd, a good shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. We sing. We are we. He is one. We are little. All right. Back to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Verse number 12. The Bible says, uh, For. The perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of what? The body of Christ. The, the flock is referred as a united body. Look at verse 16. We talked about from the whole body fitly joined together and compacted. Again, it's that body. Uh, go to verse number seven. Verse number seven. In Ephesians four. The Bible says, but unto every one of us, the body is given grace praise the lord according to the measure of the gift of christ if you are part of the body which if you are saved you are you can't biblically tell me or argue with any brother or sister in christ you couldn't scripturally argue and say that you don't have any gifts you'd be calling god a liar you have a gift or gifts Wherefore, he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. I can only be called a pastor only based upon the spiritual gift that was given me by the Lord. That is the only claim I could make. There is no office to be voted into if you don't have the gift. It doesn't matter how many uh, people you convince. It is not from anyone except the Lord. And guess what? You may have the gift of teaching. The gift of pastoring. Yeah. But all of us have. All of us have a gift. It's. It doesn't matter what local men say or... The council of men, they say, if somebody doesn't have a gift from God, it's going to be for nothing. Find what gift you have or gifts that you have from the Lord and commit to using them to serve him who is your head. It is all about. Not I thought it was there, no. All about his saints being edified. Well, verse number 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Oh, here it is. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, which is why you hear me pray a lot. Lord, I pray that your saints would be edified. I pray that your saints were edified. Because it's about his flock his saints, his word, it's all about him. But notice, some, 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 some. That means we all don't have the same sum. But if you add those sums together, we have all the gifts in the body. So that's the idea. That's the idea. We're going to give account to Christ. If you have a gift, I have a gift. We don't use it. We're going to give account to Christ for not using the gift that he gave each and every one of us. Now, look at verse number. eleven. I want to point something out to you. I like my definite articles in the Bible. Bible says and some pastors and teachers. Notice that it doesn't say the pastor. Cuz none of us are the indefinite only the pastor. Jesus Christ is. No, it's very very clear that no one can lay claim to that title the I am one among many. You may be one among many who exercise that gift within Christ's body. I have received the gift. You have received the gift. I have no interest in a title. I'm asking you to have no interest in a title. I'm thankful I have a gift from the Lord. And with the Lord helping me, and with the Lord helping you, we should exercise that gift to serve him. Not from any other motivation or demotivation, except we want to serve our Savior. Acts 20. Acts 20, verse 28. There's a problem here. A key. Problem coming. Therefore, unto yourselves, and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. Feed the church of God, which hath purchased with his own blood. Man, what's the problem? What's the taking heat? Verse 29, for I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. When pastors or teachers want people to follow them, not Christ, that's going to come to pass every time. Christ is all. And, you know, look at verse 30. Also of yourselves mannerize, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them, when men do that, God calls them perverse, and we are to watch for that danger within, and we are to watch from that danger without coming within. Colossians one eighteen says, and he is the head. That's Jesus Christ of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things. He might have the preeminence. If we truly are a church of the living God, if we truly are functioning as the pillar and ground of truth, we all know the answer to this doctrine. Christ will have the preeminence. Matthew 18, I'll finish with this. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them we need to commit as a church a local body pilgrim baptist we are go- only only and ever going to gather together in one name the name of jesus christ a lot of people gather together they got a lot of things they're gathering around but as a church we only gather together around one name the lord jesus